Welcome to Hearts and Minds. My name is Catherine McMahon and I'm here with Maura Cassidy. Today we're going to be talking about how to be motivated at work because at the moment, uh, naturally it's January, so that always brings with its sense of lack of motivation maybe because of the darker days and also it's freezing in Ireland. And uh, and then also you have lockdown. So multiply that in the mix, you certainly have a cocktail for lack of motivation. Absolutely. And as you say, we're all at home and we're like caged animals. Sorry, maybe not everybody feels like that, but... Well, it is, yeah. Within 5K and... Everything. You can't mingle. Yeah, and all sorts of things. Um, I'm watching vaccine rollouts. And where do I come on the list? Am I number 14, number 15 on the rollout? So that's not very positive, I know. But I suppose, yeah, I think you're right. And it is different, isn't it? Lockdown three. Definitely. Because like, it's like as if our expectation levels are so much higher. I should be able to do this. The novelty has worn off. Yeah, so... Well, if there was a novelty. Yeah, well, that's another point. So we've been here before, but we really haven't. So um, I think stress is obviously an important thing that's happening there. Um, And so I I think as well, one of the first things that struck me was, I suppose, key motivations, you know, in work. And the first one is the fact that it seems like as if our control or autonomy has been taken away. You know, like, what have I done this week? What am I achieving? You know, one day seems to sort of blend into the next, into the next. Mm. And depending on your situation, whether you're schooling at home or whether you're not, it's it can be challenging. Um, so I think to try to reclaim that sense of autonomy is really important, the sense of agency that I've actually got something over the line that I value. And taking yourself a moment to give yourself a pat on the back, you know, to celebrate it. Because otherwise you just feel you're just trying to get stuff off your desk. Um, I think that's really important. Mm. Um, I suppose as well in that as well is it's a whole idea of purpose, you know, um, we need that for a sense of self-respect, you know. I think women, particularly in our work, we need to find that sense of I'm making an impact, I'm changing the world in some small way. But um, and that's where goals come in, um, because maybe our goals have changed completely. Maybe we're just tired of making goals. But to have small goals is really important. I think. Yeah. You know, um, things you feel that you claim as your own, and I think it's important that you identify some of them as personal goals. It could be something as like reaching out to a colleague, you know, somebody you think I need to reach out to, you know, a team leader or somebody, um, or getting that paper done or that administrative sort of backlog or that new skill that you need to acquire, depending, you know, maybe you're not so busy and so you're thinking, what can I do? Or maybe you're uber busy or maybe just reaching out to a mentor. Um, or getting some particular aspect of work just done because we've just been procrastinating over it for so long. It's actually undermining us. Yeah, I think procrastination is one of the things that really puts a dampener on your motivation Yeah, because it's kind of like it's the all the things that you have in your head that you need to do. Uh, I think the best thing is just to capture them all and put them on a piece of paper, Absolutely. like like massive A3 if needs be. Um and categorize them, you know, and then break them down and then break them further down into really tiny task lists. Mm. I think the two books that really have helped me to kind of, uh, I suppose, recoup that sense of purpose and focus in my work is Eat That Frog. Brilliant. Can't remember the author. No, can't remember him. But anyway, if you Google Eat That Frog PDF, you can actually get it free. Free version, yeah, it's mm. brilliant. And then getting get things done okay. by your man uh, David Allen. Those two, I think, once you acquire the the kind of the methods that they put into place, there it's like it's it's super. It's mm. super for the whole thing of just knowing how to focus on your work and 
have that sense of not the dopamine hit, but there is an element of mm. dopamine hit about task listing. You know, mm. like you have 10 tasks that you have to do today. And when you have ticked the box, you mm. kind of go, yeah, mm. like congratulate yourself and give yourself mm. a tap on the back and yeah, and move on mm. to the next thing or whatever like that. So yeah, certainly I think um, that really and helps. It's interesting you say that because I think it helps us to have certain non-negotiables, you know, certain things that we do every day, whether it's capture, get it down, whatever, you mm. know, um, because it also gives that sense of, I'm doing something, I'm not everything is uncertain. Yeah, and you can look back over the day and say, yeah, I've, I've done this, mm. you know, as opposed to just getting into the email rabbit hole, mm. you know, of constantly firefighting with your work, you know, and um, on the defense all the time. But being the protagonist of mm. it, like you're stepping forward and you're the one who's who's creating your own space, mm. you know. Yeah. I think as well, I know that zooming out the lens too much on this, but I think it's important, you know, particularly in lockdown three, is thinking about what kind of person <clears throat> that you want to be, you know, at the end of COVID. And I remember somebody saying that at the beginning of the first lockdown, I was like, oh, that's a lovely thought. But um, because otherwise you can sleepwalk through it or you can sort of firefight, as you mentioned there, which is normal. But it's trying to think of, you know, what 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 sort of you know, what growth spurt emotionally, even humanly, spiritually, would I like for myself in this? Because there are tons of opportunities for it because we're under pressure. Mm. So there's nothing of, you know, there's nothing of a slow cooker about this. It's all about the pressure cooker um, and we can feel under pressure. So, um, you know, I was thinking, well, what kind of strength would you like to have grown in by the end of this? You know, somebody trusting or accepting or calm or patient or enduring or cheerful. Um, and as I said, there's tons of opportunities to practice it. Uh, we won't, as you, you mentioned, you know, so aptly, we won't get a rush of pleasure. Mm. But at the same time, um, it, it, we will, it's almost like we, we, we will be re, re, rewiring our sort of award system in our brain, you know, the dopamine effects of old from just going out, meeting friends, dressing up, looking gorgeous. That's not there right now. But we will be, you know, rerouting that award system and we will get a sense of completion or achievement when we do that. Yeah, because I think this kind of scenario of lockdown and it can kind of give the sense of I'm on a pause button here with regards to my life, um, you know. Yeah, and exactly. And once once we get over it, then I can start again and mm. I can, you know, and I think I remember just reading a, a tweet there the other day and I thought, yeah, that's there's an element of this that's very unusual and very exceptional. And it could be a great opportunity to tap into other strengths that we could develop, you know, and I know it's not all about, you know, I have to be, you know, I have to grow and develop and be better all the time, you know, but there are certain elements of this that could be about digging deeper within myself, fostering a sense of reflection, maybe, mm. or fostering that silence, if at all possible. Like there are elements of mm. lockdown that, that we will never have when we get out of it, Absolutely. you know, and we'll miss it. Yeah. Maybe we won't <laughs> be like, I will not miss lockdown, but we might miss certain aspects of it, maybe. I don't know. Well, we're, we won't have the same. We're not having the experiential sort of sense of, you know, tick the box is what I did. This is where I traveled to this year. Mm. You know, I went on holidays here. I did this. I went to that concert. But we do have a sense of, I've humanly, what have I done on the inside? Um, and that's why it even struck me, you know, as you say, you need, we need to inspire ourselves. At the same, as well, you know, even identifying moments where, you know, where we can grow on the inside a bit, you know, even things like struck me, you know, sometimes um, you're, you know, a tedious meeting on Zoom and you feel like just 
switching off your camera and maybe not switching off your camera. Maybe you have your camera already switched off. <laughs> maybe you do. Yeah. Or finishing a boring task or writing up the minutes of something or whatever it is. They're all opportunities to practice patience or endurance or even just a simple fact that we recognize and acknowledge the fact that I feel a little bit like an elastic band that's stretched to its maximum. And so our, you know, maybe our responses are sort of more knee-jerk as opposed to thought. Mm. And that's something just to go, okay, well, that's fine. But how can I just step back there a little bit and see, you know. Yeah, not to beat yourself up about it either. I think that's, that's important. you know, kind of like, I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, it doesn't matter. To just know, move on, move turn on. the page, yeah. say sorry, try to give yourself Because I think everybody understands and excuses it. Well, should. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose other strategies, obviously, there is maintaining perspective. You know, that's a hard one because it's hard to keep zooming out the lens, you know. Um, but it is helpful. You mentioned that thing of, you know, self-awareness. We all tend to max out or overextend in different ways. And um, it's good to be able to recognize that, you know, well, if I'm the driver, maybe I just want to drive everything to a wall, <laughs> to a wall. Maybe I just need to hold back. Or maybe if you're somebody slightly more passive, well, I don't know, Netflix or whatever it is. There's not something wrong with any of these things. But we tend to, if we max out, well, obviously maintaining perspective in those areas is harder. And it's really helpful if you have a work colleague or a friend or, you know, a family member or somebody, you can use a sounding board a bit there, mm. you know, because um, I think that's hugely important. And even how, knowing how to reframe problems is another aspect of maintaining perspective, you know, asking the right question instead of thinking, oh, God, this is a disaster. or Here we are again. What's good about this situation? You know, what can I do to enjoy the process of solving this problem? You know, that's that's a real going for gold. Yeah, it is. What's great about my day in my life? What am I proud of? Mm. It's amazing how those questions actually work, just saying. But um, and then the other idea, I suppose, is the usual self-discipline, which you've mentioned there, you know, deciding on a timetable and going and be real about it. You know, if you're walking the dog, putting on a wash or doing some schooling with kids, we'll put that in the timetable. Yeah, and you have to, I think, the element of understanding yourself and what works for you. With regards yeah. um, how to keep yourself upbeat, you know, in your work. Um, for example, like, I don't know, it's not, neither do you want to bury your soul here about being personal, but certainly I think music is mm. the utmost, you know. Um, even this good playlist on Spotify, like music for concentration, depending on the work you're actually doing, if it's kind of monotonous or something like that. But also like if just to get up from your desk and move around and dance around, like you have to get the body kind of moving. So it's not like going out for your run, but it's also like breaking up that time in your work, you know, every hour, just get up and dance around and listen to rap or whatever mm -hmm. that floats your boat, you know, but things that kind of really vim you up a little bit, mm -hmm. open up the windows, have chewing gum, you know, different things mm, yes. to kind of break up and step back because I think sometimes, you know, we can have our nose against the wall with regards to our work and we can get quite buried in it. Yeah. And then we look at our watch and we're going, oh my God, I've been at this for four hours. Yeah. What the hell, you know? Yeah. So to be able to step back and... Yeah, move the body a little yeah. bit, I think it's helpful. And I'd also think as well, um, focusing on what you can do as opposed to what you can't do. Because you say, we're, Zoom, we're zooming in the lens so much now and nothing's changing and there's only so much zooming in you can do. And I think if you focus on what you can do, as opposed to what you can't do in your work. Well, it helps you to have the sort of mental discipline to go, why am I thinking about this? I can't do anything about that situation. Mm. I can do this. And it gives you that sense of almost like a school, you know, you're a school teacher with yourself a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think also sometimes the language that we use, you know, whether, f you know, 
vocally or internally, even the words we use. Like it struck me the other day, um, you know, sometimes we use very dramatic language about negative things. It's an absolute disaster. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just, it's just, you know, this is just unfixable. Whereas maybe things like, I'm a little concerned about this situation, <laughs> you know, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how much just changing your vocabulary. Yeah, to pick the language. Yeah, yeah it changes yeah. your attitudes and your emotions. It just ratchets them down. Mm. And that helps you to focus on what you can be proactive about so you don't get into a rut. Because it is a bit like, I feel it's a bit like driving a car and you know the way you go, you wouldn't go into a ditch, you're in a bit of muck and you're, you're driving but your car's not moving, you know. And yeah, and I just think spinning. It, I we think can some, feel like that, yeah, we're I, spinning, we're not going anywhere. I think sometimes when you're when you're busy and you're you're going at the rate of not, like you could be at 100 kilometres an hour in your brain and in, in your action and then you say, ah, oh, let's ratchet it up to yeah, 200 yeah. kilometres and you're like at a level of like checking your email, going yeah. like the full throttle. And I think it's kind of like, whoa, you know, yeah. kind of, know how to slow down and I think the the element of like you to have the confidence to to read books and things like that that'll give you the resources to actually be confident about the decisions you make with regards to your work so mm. like Calvin Newport is like my go-to I think with regards understanding how to manage your work and have the confidence to say no I won't check my email and I won't be answering you within an hour mm. so you know mm. You know, yeah. and have that confidence of being in the driver's seat with regards to work as opposed to being firefighting all mm. the time, you know. Yeah, because yeah, firefighting, you just feel all the time you're on the defensive and you're not yeah, driving you're anything. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting because you're just waiting, you're watching your back yeah. to see what's coming next. I think as well that, you know, that point there is so valid, you know, even in terms of being honest with yourself and with others, you know. Mm. Um and I, I think that I think it's really important to value feedback. It doesn't matter how or when it comes, mm. because it's it's really helpful. And I think, you know, there's the other book as well. You know, the one of Thanks for Your Feedback. Yes, that's a super that's an book. excellent book um, because it really breaks it down. Yeah. It kind of distinguishes between the person so and feedback. the message. Yeah, because you can re get really caught up in. Well, you take it you very know. personally, because of course yeah, we do, naturally. you know, it's personal to me, not to you, you're giving it, you know, but at the same time, there's a really nice quote of Stephen Covey, um, who said, it takes humility to to ask for it, you know, can you give me feedback, but, and great wisdom to understand it, mm -hmm. you know, and to process it. So, you know, don't be surprised if you need to do the two steps and the humility doesn't come straight off if you're a human being, and certainly the wisdom is definitely <laughs> something that needs to be worked at. Um, but in all of that, you know, it's a trial and error, isn't it? You mm -hmm. know, knowing, well, that didn't work for me, let's try something else. And it is about taking a little bit of a risk with ourselves. No matter how much times we say it, and I say it to myself, a lot of the time, you need to step into the space of discomfort. But the truth about it is, I hate doing it. None of us like doing it. Yeah, you always, it's funny about those kind of things. You always listen to them and you go, oh yeah, sure. Oh, I do it all the time. Me. No. <laughs> and the truth is, you don't really. And then when you do, you know, you're going, this is terrible. Yeah, you know, this I don't like easy. Mm. It's fine if discomfort, you've called it discomfort, but it's your natural space of delight, you mm. know, whatever that looks like. Um, but there are tons of opportunities, basically, to step into discomfort. And I think it's that whole thing of, we've talked about it before, but, you know, we feel like we're failing, but you're learning and you're just stepping outside your comfort zone. Otherwise, you're committing to mediocrity. Yeah, and that's one. that certainly is a source of lack of motivation. I think when mm. you plateau a little bit, I mean, yeah. it's okay to flatline. You know, I, I certainly think in lockdown, I notice that that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm pretty okay. Like I'm yeah. going good, you know. And then Thursday and Friday, like it's like you know, and 
I think it's okay, like yeah. it's, uh, to have that permission of not kind of going. No, I should be like going at, at a full level right through the whole week. No, it's next to impossible when you're not socializing at all and you're stuck in your office twenty four seven. But um, yeah, that element of just motivation and just building it up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And even I think, you know, that motivation of building it up, you knew you've mentioned it before and those books you've mentioned which are superb, is that whole thing of inspiration, you know, mm. learning something new every day. And that's not something that you should negotiate or have time, you know, and you're the most important person in your work. It's the value you bring to the work, et cetera, your work. And even just the thing of enjoying life, you know, times you don't do something or even just taking 20 minutes, half an hour where that's your time. And yeah. it sounds selfish, but it's critical Yeah, because it to... gives you a sense of autonomy and it gives mm. you a sense of I'm not a cog in a machine here. You know, even daydreaming for five minutes, going, this is my five minutes to daydream or listen to your yeah, favorite tune. Understand the the that in order to produce, mm. you need that headspace. Yeah. You need and I think in our society, like technological society, there's such a focus on output and results and producing, producing, producing. Yeah. But you cannot produce unless you give yourself permission to have that headspace to mm. think and to nurture your mm. y- your mental you know, um, whatever you call it. Growth and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. flourishing. Um, the other thing just to say, and this is, I suppose I'll kind of step into a sort of more spiritual space mm-hmm. on this, but um, I think perseverance is something, you know, you mentioned it and I think it's so important, but sometimes we think, God, perseverance, like who values that? Well, um, obviously you're, you're reliable and you're committed and you get stuff done, so that's hugely valuable to any workplace. Um, but it also, I think, spiritually speaking, you know, Jesus in the gospel, you know, in the Christian, in the Catholic you know, context, um, he talks about salvation in terms of, of perseverance, you know, mm. if you endure to the end, you know. So if you get through the work day, you may not, it may be very messy, messy, whatever, but you got through it. That's a value in itself. Yeah, I think if you if you see your work as have, having a supernatural value. Yeah. It's like a night and day uh, feeling with regards what you do, because it's not so much about the results anymore, but about the, uh, yeah, about the action in which you're doing. It's it's sacrificial in a sense. It's connected to the altar. It's connected to our Lord. And it just, yeah, it just Mm. switches on a a light bulb for you Mm. with regards how you address your work and even in service to others, et cetera. But a deeper, deeper value, I think. um, Yeah, so there's no... There's no element of, oh, it's about success mm. as a human level. It's mm. about success at a supernatural level. Mm. Because, and yeah. it's, a, it's about not being calculating, isn't it? Because I think, you know, we can be so calculating about our work, you know, did this, I didn't do that, and a bit sharp with ourselves. You know? Yeah, our relationships that didn't go too well at work or whatever it is, we can, yeah. And it'd just be a bit harsh there. And I think doing it, you know, well for love of God, as you say, well, um, it's not because we're going to be praised. And mm-hmm. I think, and that's the way, you know, yeah, the heroes of the church, the saints, that's how they saw things. Yeah, they saw the good that needed to be done and they did it. And it wasn't about, is this right, you know, is this the right thing to do right now? It's kind of, well, if this is the right thing to do, I'll do it. Um, because they see it as an opportunity. Yeah, and so to say, look, an hour of work for a modern apostle is an hour of prayer. To actually connect that up, you know, and kind of connect with our Lord when things don't go well with regards to we'd be dealing with a client and it didn't go well and you kind of go, look, Lord, I'm... Sorry for this, but I'm offering it to you. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, it, it just adds, it just connects everything, mm. mind, body and soul. And yeah. it's just all connected, you know. Mm. It's like it's like unleashing, you know, 
God's love into an environment that he wasn't before. Um, and I think as well, even just the people we work with, you know, that's obvious. You know, not because we do anything odd, but because there's a kindness or a care or we notice things maybe that others might notice because we're actually looking outside the box differently. Um, Pope Benedict used a lovely expression when he was talking about St. Josemaria. He said he just let God work. And I think that's such a freeing thing. You know, you think of not that God hijacks anything, but it's a very, he doesn't at all. But God, you know, respects our humanity. And when we have that attitude, as you say, of seeing our work as a space where God enters into the world because I'm trying to let openness to God, whatever that, however it shows up that day. Um, we are God's arms, mind and heart. And um, and God is really present. And that's powerful. Mm -hmm. um, it's not about gymnastics, you know, the gymnastics of my faith and my life. It's my faith and my life are interconnected. Yeah, like the work-life balance Exactly. It's, it's all connected. And it, it means that, um, you know, um, it also means that you end up doing things that you couldn't do by yourself. You know, you end up being energized in ways, humanly, that you, you certainly weren't energized before because you're, you've the courage almost to ask God, look, here I am, this is a messy day, I'm not sure how that meeting's going to work. Just be with me in this, be with me. And you try to reconnect with them in small ways during the day. Um, it's the best you can do for love and that's really far from being misperfect. A very messy work day can be a day that, you know, we've done our best and that's perfect in God's eyes. Uh, and that's how new things are born. And that's why we're never really afraid, I think, as Christians, you know, of whatever challenges are out there. You know, the world is good. Like St. Paul said, omnium bonum, everything works out for the good. You know, God rested on the seventh day and say, it is good. Mm -hmm. So we're not, we don't get involved in the dialectic of the world is going down the tubes because clearly it's God's world. He's in charge. Yeah. There's good and there's bad in it, but we're here to sort of bring the good in and to embrace it as it shows up. Yeah, and not I often as think, would want. I often think when people like think that things are hard or whatever like that, that, you know, if there was any moment in the history of salvation in which we could become a saint, now is a fantastic moment. Mm. I mean, you know, we look back on World War One or World War Two, and we kind of go, those people were amazing in the situations in which they faced. And we're in a situation that's a lockdown, like we're going to be locked down for an, a year and a half. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's very strong. And we kind of like look at it and say, OK, what did I do during that time? Or what my life is very exceptional and very unique. And it's it is the life I have in order to become a saint. Mm. Um, mm. And my job has a huge connection with that. Mm. Hmm. And I think is that being conscious, going back, that idea that it's Saint me and Saint you, and that's very different. Hmm. I shouldn't be Saint you and you shouldn't be Saint me. And I think it's the confidence to realize that your situation is exactly as God has allowed it. So it's good. It's not perfect. And it's trying to find the joy in the little things each day that show up that I do well and the things that I don't. Well, just like a child at the end of the day, just... You know, it's a bit like the dirty nappy, isn't it? Mommy, I need to change. You know, it's a bit like that. Here we are. Okay, turn the page and move on. Yeah, and begin and, again. And begin again. Mm. Right. So that, <laughs> that, that finished kind of it off very off. Nightly, nicely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think we kind of covered everything that we, we, we thought about with regards how to motivate ourselves. Certainly, obviously, exercise outside, getting out and getting out during the day, if at all possible. Like, I think daylight is really, really important mm. um, because working nine to five and then walking out in darkness is, is not the most helpful thing in the world. So, and that's basically it. Sinead. Sinead. Okay, thanks very much for Thank listening. You. And uh, we'll be around again. 